It is Thursday, September 15th. It's a beautiful day here in Ohio. Hopefully it's a beautiful day wherever you are in the world or in the United States. My name is Connor. This is The Concept. Welcome to episode nine. We are now at Thursday. We are now at, oh God, what episode is this? Four out of seven of our seven day, call it the sort of podcast bender. This one's a good one, guys. Um, last couple episodes, I talked about the NBA, the Western and Eastern Conference, man, predictions, predictable stuff for the podcast. But in this episode right now, I'm kind of taking a little bit of a detour and then focusing on the other portion of this podcast, which is college basketball, the NCAA. Uh, more specifically, I'm focusing on the Atlantic 10 as a conference. Um, if you're a basketball fan, you may not have heard of this conference. It's one that's kind of been for a lot of people uh, in the dirt or in the shadows for a while, only because there's conferences like the ACC or the Big East or what have you that would you know usually get the attention of TV and the media. Truth be told, however, the Atlantic 10 might just be the most underrated power conference or slowly on the rise power conference in college basketball. If you think there is something wrong with my head or that I have screws loose, before you say that, listen to what I have to say right now. These next few minutes or so, hopefully we can be on the same page at the end of the day. And I promise you, I'm not saying this because the Dayton Flyers are part of the A-10. I'm not saying that because I'm biased. I'm saying that because the stats show for it, the records show for it, the history shows for it. The Atlantic 10 is legitimate. I'm going to break this down. Before we even begin this section, actually, let us remind ourselves that college game day turned down Duke to come to the University of Dayton in March of 2020. How big of a program and how big of a season do you have to have for a program as prestigious as that to come and see your team? It blows my mind. I still remember that day vividly. COVID, I really wish you didn't take away that season. But I'm not here to rant about how COVID took away its seasons because, again, that was out of anyone's control. What I am here to talk about is the Atlanta 10. So without further ado, it's now about 12.40 p.m. Time I'm recording this, September 15th on a Thursday. Let's begin episode nine. So the first section I'm going to talk about, the A-10 has been developing into a power conference. Let's start with the talent themselves. In this season alone, the 2022-2023 season, there have been a lot of top 25 predictions made by like Cats, ESPN, way too early predictions, what have you. In this season alone, ESPN is already predicting Dayton and St. Louis, and even in some cases Fordham of all teams, to make the top 25 nationwide. If you can count, that's three, which for the A-10 is quite a lot. Um, There's usually only one, if anything. We're usually unranked at the beginning of the season. But to have three in the top 25, maybe top 20, top 30, let's call it, right from the get-go, that's a big deal. And that it, something shows for that. And there's a reason. The Atlantic 10 and the teams that are in it are capable of winning big games. That is what's good for college basketball. That's what's good for college basketball. You get good wins, that helps you. Your stock drives up, that gives you a better chance of making the tournament. It's not like the NBA where... If you have one bad loss, it's going to like tank you. I mean, sure, it's not a good feeling, but it's not like this is the NBA where you have 82 games in a season. No, you have about 30 to 34 to get this right, and you can't slip once against a bad team. 
If you really need examples for why the A-10's capable of winning big games, Richmond, who went from tournament doubtful, they had a meh record, beat the top two seeds in the A-10, Dayton and, and Davidson, and won the A-10 tournament, knocked out the two top seeds, like I just said, and beat Iowa in the March Madness. Iowa, let's remind ourselves, just produced a top four pick in the draft last year, or this season. Why am I saying that? This summer in Keegan Murray, who, if you caught my episode a few days ago, uh, is my prediction to win Rookie of the Year this year. One of them, anyway. Then we get to Davidson. That school might sound familiar to you. That's because the greatest shooter of all time, Stephen Curry, graduated from there. Just got a jersey retired. Finally. What took you guys so long? Davidson won the A-10. Although, you lost to Dayton. (laughs) And in their tournament game, when it came to the March Madness, they lost by only one point to Michigan State. They could have they could have won that actually. They were up two and a half. And they were ranked for a good portion of the year. For for most of the season. That's that's pretty big for any A ten any A ten team. VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, always capable of pulling off an upset win or two. They can produce some talent, which we'll get to later. Then there's the big one, Dayton, who this season beat the national champions Kansas in a tournament in the Invitational right after beating Miami, Flo- Miami, Florida, and the eventual ACC champions Virginia Tech in the same tournament. They also won that Invitational. They beat Belmont in the final. But for anyone who's saying, oh, the A-10's a soft conference. It can't beat anyone. I just gave you all the proof you need. There it is. You beat the national champions. You beat an ACC champion. The ACC is duking it, for God's sake. All those three teams made the March Madness. Dayton is also the same program that almost, and if it weren't for Kansas, that game still gives me goosebumps. They almost took on the Maui Invitational, which is one of the most prestigious invitational tournaments you could participate in. I'd argue it's the biggest. They beat Georgia, including the number one pick, Anthony Edwards, and Virginia Tech again, and took Kansas to OT. And, before I get to the next segment, Coming into the A-10 this year is Loyola Chicago. Yes, the same team, Sister Jean, bless her heart, the same team that made the Final Four in 2018. None of those wins were easy, and they beat Illinois, who were a one seed in the 2021 tournament. So yes, there is top talent in the A-10. There is no excuse for anyone here to say, oh, they win easy games. Not true at all. Next segment, please. Recruitment. Big thing in college basketball, if, uh, if you want to be informed on that. The ESPN 100 always comes out uh, every year before the season starts with people who commit to schools. ESPN 100, to put it simply, Dayton has had two players in the top 100 in the past two seasons. They got Deron Holmes, who was a 46th last year, and they got Mongolian Mike, who is floating around the 85 to 100 range. VCU and George Mason each got one in the ESPN 100 for that coming season as well. So it's not just the Dayton Flyers, so don't call me biased. Sort of sort of a short segment, but why do you think recruitment happens? It's because of the coaching. I'm going to get to that later, because that's a big section. That's one you can't miss. Then there's the transfers. Since the transfer portal kind of changed its rules, uh, the old rules, if you need a refreshment, were... If somebody transfers, they have to wait. They have to sit out a whole year and then do the year after that. That's not the case anymore. One can play immediately after. So one plays a season with one team. They want to transfer. Great. They go in another one. They don't have to wait. There's been a number of notable players coming to and from the A-10. So that means players are desirable. Example, 
Iowa State, who are not a bad team in any right, they picked up a player called Osun Osuni. So that name may not sound familiar to any of you, actually. But to give you a refreshment, the man was a leading shot blocker and glass cleaner for St. Bonaventure last year. So he was a hot topic. Arguably could have gone to the NBA draft, actually. Maybe undrafted and re-signed, but he was up there. Then comes who has come in. Dayton last year. They landed in the last year, they landed two transfers from Georgia, one of which was a guy by the name of Tumani Kamara. Tumani Kamara played in the starting lineup in the 2019-20 season with Anthony Edwards, the eventual number one pick. So the fact that you got a guy who is making a starting lineup in a good team like Georgia who transfers to Dayton, that's a big deal. Player remind you, players need to want to come to these programs. It's not like they just get signed and it's out of their control. This isn't soccer. This year, they got Ty Baker, so they got him off the bench for Georgia. But still, again, like Tumani Kamara, you have to want to come here. It's a big deal. I made my case on that one. Now, I mentioned before, the coaching. This is a very, 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 and I cannot express this enough, very important segment. In terms of my overall argument, anyway. Rhode Island, a team who I have not mentioned yet, Rhode Island now has Archie Miller as their coach. Um, he's a former Dayton coach and Indiana coach. Indiana's got their good conference in, in their own right. But flashback in time, eight years, Archie Miller led the Flyers, the Dayton Flyers, to the Elite Eight in 2014. They beat Ohio State. They beat Syracuse, who were number one, who were a pretty top five team for most of that season during the regular season anyway, and only lost to Florida, who would eventually make the Final Four. That's a decent-ass run. <laughs> I don't like any... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right in saying. No other team, I mean, besides George Mason, obviously. Since then, there has been no Atlantic 10 team to make the Elite Eight since. Besides, well, now all of Chicago. But during that time, nobody. No one's done it. And I mentioned Indiana's got quite the conference, too. They can produce talent. But, like, players, coaches have to want to be with certain teams. Like, there has to be some sort of attraction to it. It's not like they're just like, oh, here's a pocket of money. Let's just go and coach this team. No, there's got to be a real reason for why you want to do that. I'm going to give an example for Dayton because, well, I'm the more knowledgeable for that, and it's not my problem. I'm a Dayton flyer. So here's my argument. Dayton is coached by Anthony Grant, former assistant coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's one point I'm going to get right off my chest off the get-go. Then led Dayton to a number three national ranking in 2020. And if it weren't for COVID, Flyers would have likely had a number one seed in the March Madness had it happened. But again, like I said in the intro, I am not here to bitch about Dayton not making anything or any team not making anything or COVID because, well, that's in the past. And I'm not a guy to hold grudges on that. Game day was cool, though. But getting back to Coach Grant. Grant won, in case any of you missed it, um... I can put this. He won coach of the year. Not 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 coach of the A10, not for like participation or anything like that. No, he took the actual coach of the year award home. That means he built he beat the likes of Coach K, John Calipari, Bill Self, Tom Izzo, all those Hall of Fame level coaches, beat them to that award. Anthony Grant, the coach of the Dayton Flyers of all teams, is a winner of the National Coach of the Year. What more do you want from that? I'm not even sure I need to argue that anymore. But if I really want to, the A-10s put some coaches in the past. They have Shaka Smart, 
arguably one of the better coaches in the country. He's coached for the likes of Texas, Marquette, like I said, VCU. This guy has been coaching some pretty damn good teams. And I will have to say, although he pissed me off a little bit when he was at VCU, Shaka Smart's a pretty damn good coach. Don't ever sleep on Shaka Smart. Don't ever do that. There's your coaching part of that. The last segment that I'm going to get to at the Atlantic 10 is the NBA production. To be a true power conference, you have to produce this talent. Not like you could just be good during the season and then not get drafted and then, you know, you're forgotten about. That, that isn't how a power conference works. That's just how good wins work occasionally. It's just teamwork. You need to be playing like a good team, like a quality team, and you got to produce. The Atlantic 10, I'm delighted to say, has done that. I'll just start with Dayton because I'm sure a lot of you are sick of me talking about it. They drafted, they got Obi Toppin, drafted number eight overall in 2020. The absolute centerpiece to that Dayton number three team. If you watch college game day at that time, Jay Billis and him walked around Frerichs, that center where they have game day, asking him the questions. He's the star. Everyone knew it. And he won player of the year that year. Drafted eighth by the Knicks. Arguably, I thought he should have gone higher, but he's now on the Knicks. Could get some more minutes this season, which I really hope he does. And he's a winner of the dunk contest. VCU is another big producer of talent. The Atlanta Tennis had players drafted in the NBA, undrafted and signed also. But the commissioner called these people's names. Bones Highland, I mentioned him in my episode a couple days ago, who I think might win most improved player of the year. He's in for a shout. As much as he pissed me off, well, he's at VCU. Still, he knocked us out of the A-10 tourney one year. That, that sucked. But Bones Highland was taken in the first round by Denver, who is already a good playoff team. He's playing with an MVP, and he's producing for a playoff team. Not like he's just on the bench and acting as an assistant water boy. No. This guy is putting up almost like over 10 points a game. He's taken in last year's draft, already solid, already has playoff experience. That's the Atlantic 10, remember. This is the Atlantic 10 who's producing. Davidson, Stephen Curry, obviously. I mean, no, that's not relevant now because that was prior, but we know what he is. Greatest shooter of all time. But even so, these players, the players who don't make it to the draft yet, players would make it into the G League, but then they would get signed to these actual teams. Dayton's had a few put in there. Davidson's had quite a few put in there. St. Louis, Rhode Island even has had people going there. There's a guy in Rhode Island, I forget his name, but there's a Rhode, there's a few Rhode Island players with NBA experience in there. Even Saint, even teams like St. Joe's and Fordham, recruitment's on the rise. But they also got players like Charles Brown Jr., DeAndre Bembry of St. Joe's, played for the Hawks for a while, played for the Bucks. I don't know where he is now. Played for the Nets, too. He's played with decent, some pretty decent players, taken in the first round once again. Another example of the multiple instances where the Atlantic 10 has produced NBA talent and first round NBA talent. It's projected already that Deron Holmes of the University of Dayton will be going into the first round if he has a season that we all think he's going to have. Add that to the list. So, if those 15 and a half minutes that I just mentioned didn't appeal to you about the Atlantic 10, do me a favor and just go read a book or watch any highlight of the last few seasons. Try to make a counter argument with me. I'm all ears. This season, if no one pays attention to the athletic 10, the Atlantic 10, what are you doing? 
You've watched the ACC already. You've watched the Big East. Boring. There's no, like, there's a few top talents in there, but the Atlantic 10 is the real one to watch. There's competition going on there. I don't think there's going to be a blowout against any two big teams in the Atlantic 10 this year. No way. These teams have offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, and they're great on the counter. And they have great benches as well. What is there not to like? I mean, unless you're a Kansas fan, because Dayton kind of owns you. But that being said, before I end this episode, episode 9, I just want to make an important announcement for tomorrow's episode this Friday. Uh, It gets on a more serious note, but tomorrow's episode, episode 10, uh, we'll talk about the whole Robert Sarver situation, uh, the Phoenix Suns, um, what the NBA has announced, uh, what even now players are thinking about, what my reactions are. Uh, if you guys have any reactions to that, um, by all means, DM me on Twitter or retweet me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, send me a DM there, or even send me an email at theconcept.gmail.com. Whatever it is, I'm willing to hear your opinion. Just don't cuss me out while doing it. But that's tomorrow. This has been today. This has been the Atlantic 10, why it's been developing to a power conference. If you guys like this episode, you know what to do. Rate it five stars on Spotify. Like the, co- like the post on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at The Concept and on Instagram at, at The Concept Podcast. Until then, this has been Thursday. This has been Connor, your host. I will see you all tomorrow in tomorrow's episode. Till then, basketball fans, cheers. See you later.